welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering The Emma Project by Sonali Dave. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. Keep up with us on TikTok, Instagram, and Patreon at The Pemberley. And you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome, everyone, to not only a very special episode of The Pemberley Podcast, but our last The Emma Project episode. This went by so fast, didn't it? It did. We're going to wrap everything up. We just had a lot of drama happen. Still a lot of drama ahead of us, thank goodness. Before we get into that, we want to tell you all a little bit about what we've been watching. Yolanda, what have you been watching? I've been watching a show probably on and off for like a while now. (laughs) I'm still making my way through it, but I'm enjoying it. It's called Call My Agent. It's on Netflix. It's a French series. So it's like this top agency. They represent a lot of big actors, directors, writers. I think it would be more fun if I knew all of the actors, writers, and directors because the fun thing is, yes, you have like this baseline story of these agents in this agency and like their relationships, their struggles, their wins, their losses. But then every episode you have a new guest star, which is someone who is known in the industry. And so you have actors playing themselves or directors playing themselves or a heightened version of themselves. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. I think there's a lot of great comedy in it. Also, there's actually recently been a remake of it uh, set in a London talent agency. I have not watched that one yet. It's on Amazon. It seems like it's the same idea. It's a London talent agency and you have actors playing themselves. We just watched the trailer like Helena Bonham Carter has a cameo. Daphne from Bridgerton has a cameo because maybe I'm more familiar with like those shows. I recognize them. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's that person. Mm -hmm. So I will watch that next and I'll report back on what that's like. I like to think they're just going to keep making the adaptations and like bringing them west so like next is gonna be like a new york office and everyone can make cameos in these shows and then we're gonna head over to la (laughs) yes the la version would just be entourage but you know it's it's fine it will just be on they just like fill in at caa exactly yeah (laughs) they just like i imagine for stuff like that you can just like turn the camera on and everyone be like just be yourselves yes And then it's chaos. When I first graduated college and was like looking for industry jobs, I definitely had more than a few interviews at various agencies. And I remember seeing Ali Mashaka of Ali and AJ from the Disney Channel sister band uh, acting duo. Yes. She was in the waiting room at the same time as me. I was internally losing it. But (laughs) on the outside, I was cool as a cucumber. Okay. She was very big for me. Yes. I like have a journal with them on it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she could sense. She could probably that. smell it a mile away. Mile <laughs> away. Like, I'm just like this girl knows I'm important to her. <laughs> I know. Well, at the time, I think I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, it's fine. We're equals. We're just two professionals looking to have professional conversations. But I was like, oh my god, it's Ellie from Ellie and AJ. <laughs> <laughs> So similar, different, but similar. I I have also been watching a European show on Netflix called The Empress. This is a German show. It's like six episodes, all of them like an hour each, basically following the life of Empress Elizabeth, who was married to Franz Joseph I of Austria. She was known as Sissy. The only reason I really know who she is is because back in the day, I don't know if you read these books, but they're like the Royal Diaries books. And they were like fictionalized diaries 
diaries of real life queens, but like from the perspective of if they were like between 10 and 15 years old and they had a diary. It sounds familiar. If I were to show you a picture of the books right now, you'd be like, oh yeah, that was in every school library. Okay, got it. And Sissy had a book. And so I remember reading that story when I was a kid and now there's like a, a Netflix show about it. Mm. Gorgeous costumes, beautiful everything. And it just kind of like follows her, unfortunately, incredibly sad life. <laughs> like mm. she was like a very beautiful woman who had like a, a very happy upbringing. And then I think it's kind of like the Austrian Empire Princess Diana situation where she was like a beautiful free spirit okay. and she married a handsome prince and then it was terrible oh. and she had an overbearing mother-in-law. She didn't really have any autonomy or any say about what happened in her own life and everyone was criticizing her and mm. it sucked, but it's a beautiful show. Okay. <laughs> and if you like period pieces, I, I think that this this could be a good one. It is one of the shows right now that Netflix is like pushing. Yeah. It's like on the front page for me. And so I'm like, okay, I will watch it. Where you can watch anything, no matter how related to it. Even if you watch something violent, they'll be like, did you want to watch The Empress? Yes. <laughs> Previously on The Emma Project, Nina and Vonch have been getting hot and heavy underneath the table at a literal family dinner. Just before, Nina has been questioning whether or not she and Vonch are a good fit emotionally, like if they're really compatible. We know that they are physically very compatible. Mm -hmm. Her sort of question to herself is, could there possibly be more? The answer, yes. <laughs> but she doesn't know that yet. So we dive into chapter 29 after she's sort of like uh, had her very hot and heavy feelings about doing what they done under the table. In her moment of ecstasy, she's yes. like knocked over a wine glass onto herself. And so she's run to the bathroom to try and get the stain out. And she's freaking out because she was like, what has this guy done to me? I'm not in control of myself when I'm around him. Like, I can't help it. Like, this is not how people react. And they're still in this place where they're trying to play off the fact that they're just friends slash co-workers. Mm -hmm. So Vonch like runs after her. Do they talk? No. He like <laughs> slides his arm around her waist. He's like nuzzling her neck. He wants to snuggle, which is really cute. Yes. And then the president of the Anti-Nina Society, aka Nisha, barges in and essentially catches them in the act. And she's like, aha! You guys are seeing each other. You are dating. Like, Mina auntie rushes in too. So like, his... Most overbearing sister. His mom. They've been caught. There's no, like, explaining themselves out of this. Like, yeah. they're seeing each other, and they are now in big trouble for doing it. And Mina's like, this should probably stop. I will also say, there is some top-notch dialogue in this chapter, as well yeah. as a couple chapters to come. I literally kept reading them, and I was like, oh, I should write that down. And then I would <laughs> read another sentence, and I'm like, oh, I should write that down. Like, some of, I think, Sonali's best writing is in, like, this episode of our podcast. Mm. Obviously, Nina is, like, humiliated. She's feeling very upset, very vulnerable. She thinks of Vanch as, like, a drug that she's addicted to, and she's, like, now, like, okay, I need to get clean in order to, like, get back to being myself, yeah. in order to get my life back on track. She kind of yells at him and is like, don't follow me. Don't talk to me. Like, I just, I need some space. And so she walks like 10 blocks home. Yeah. And it goes from bad to worse because her father is waiting outside of her apartment building. And he basically showed up to ruin her life is like what I'm guessing from this interaction is he was just like, 
whose life can I ruin? I haven't ruined Nina's life in a while. I'm going to do that right now. He calls her Night Lena, which she hates. He doesn't care because he's like, that's the name I gave you. He really yells at her for seeing Vonch. He's like, you've known him since he was in diapers. Women like you only want men like Vonch because they need someone that they need to control. That slaps her in the face. And she's like, actually, dad, that's what guys like you do. Right. (laughs) You know, like she's never tried to control Vonch. Like if anything, she's feeling so overwhelmed because she feels like her feelings for him are what's controlling her. He basically says that like everything about this relationship, everyone says it's progressive, but like it's against nature. And she says to him, isn't it against nature to hate your child? And he looks at her dead in the eye and says, what reason have you ever given me to love you? Nina's trying to have somewhat of a real conversation. I mean, he's coming into this conversation so charged with like accusations and just throwing like everything she's done wrong about this relationship, bringing up like all the trauma really in her life. She's trying to handle it as best she can, which she does. She holds her ground in a way that I don't think she's been able to before. But I think it's because she's like, wait, this is the one thing like, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose Vonch. And it's he's someone worth fighting for. Before with Yash, like she fit into like this perfect idea of what her parents wanted for her. It was like, this is the perfect guy, the perfect family, the perfect trajectory for her life and everything. And for them, they're like, you threw it all away. Like, who cares if it was a lie? Just keep the lie going. They both had to disassemble that whole lie and scandal and move beyond it. And again, we, we've talked about like Yush being the one who's kind of like won right now because he won the race of governor. He He's in a like wonderful relationship with India Dashwood. And Nina has been left to kind of pick up the pieces like all the scandal fell on her no one's like oh yes like the guy who was in a fake relationship for 10 years they're like no he's governor he's in love and it's nina who's the one who trapped him you know she's the one who was according to nisha she's the one who's mainly responsible they don't see anything wrong with Yush or anything like he contributed to it. She mostly was so desperate for people not to find out about their arrangement is because they knew people would be so judgy about it. Yeah. I feel really bad for her because remember in the last episode where, you know, she really like let Vonch have it for yelling at her mom and it's like, yeah, she should have done that, but she wasn't doing it for the reasons of really like protecting her mom. It was like for protecting herself and trying to push him away. It's coming true. Like yeah. she wasn't wrong about the way that people see them. And it's judgy for two different reasons. It's yes, you're dating another Raje, a younger one. But also it is the double standard of an older woman dating a younger man where there's more judgment of like, oh, she trapped him. Oh, she's the one who like lured him in. And like, obviously, like if there are two consenting adults, like they can be together once they're both an older age. But when it's the opposite, when it's like an older guy and a younger woman, like there's no judgment against the guy. Nope. They're just like, oh, he's found like another person. Like that's that's just it. Yeah. There's not really like a second thought about it. Oh, it's Nina. Oh, it's the scandal that's attached to her. She's like picked up our, our poor, innocent, young Vonch. Like mm-hmm. not him. She just has this terrible confrontation with her father, which is the cherry on top of being yelled at by the Rajes. Yeah. She's 38 years old. And I would just hate getting judged that way. Because it's like, she's still finding herself. She's still finding her flow. She's still learning what love is. 
And everyone's like, you can't date him because he's the precious baby of this precious family. And I'm like, you know what? Like, just let... Anyway, Vonch kind of ignores her wishes and comes over later that day while she's angry cleaning her house. (laughs) This is where more good dialogue comes in, where like the rest of my notes for this chapter are just lines, like just quotes from the book. Basically, she's talking about like, I need space from you because I feel like I'm not in control of myself when I'm around you. And he says... Have I possessed you body and soul? Am I inside you all the time? Sonali Dev. Sonali <laughs> Dave. Scandal, but also that was so heartbreaking. And she says, no, you're not. Because if I let you in, you'll become all of me. Ooh. Ooh, like literal chills. And then he hits her with, I'm not asking for anything you don't want to give. You're just angry with me for making me want to give you more. Yeah, he's right. And I hate that. And then he tells her that he loves her and she can't say it back i mean he says it over and over he says like all the things that he loves about her it's like a very big declaration of love it's overwhelming for her because as she's talked about like no one's ever said i love you to her she's been in this like 10-year fake relationship no they're not gonna share any real emotions so for someone to like so adamantly be like i love you for everything that you are she's like taken aback by that she's like what is this and yeah she's overwhelmed and she she doesn't know how to say it back the other thing about her 10-year fake relationship with yush is that it was never about being with yush it was about having an excuse to not have to be with anyone else yes and in, in a society that like really like values you for like your family values you know she's been there her whole life like the relationship was 10 years But her feelings about not wanting to put herself in the unfortunate position of falling in love has been going 38 years strong. Yeah. So there's a lot to unlearn here. We're going into chapter 30 where we get an Isha chapter. A blessed Isha-ish chapter. It's like an Isha chapter from Vansha's point of view. Yeah. This is a very action-packed, dialogue-heavy, like things are happening and moving and shaking in this chapter. So Vonja's home, about to book a one-way ticket to Guatemala because he's got a friend who's running a thing, who's doing stuff with kids. And he's like, this is the kind of thing I do. This is like, he's just, he's also kind of defeated. He's like, this is what I do, isn't it? I just like find a new project in a new country and I like uproot my life and I go there. Like, this is what I should do. This is what's expected of me. And then his mom texts him, emergency, Isha is missing, takes a taxi, heads over to the anchorage and Everyone, even HRH, is in hysterics because Isha is always in her room. She like walks around the grounds and it's never longer than two hours, to which I'm like, you have grounds big enough that you can be gone for (laughs) two hours. Isha was super slick, trained by the FBI, and she put her pillows underneath her um, (laughs) covers to make it look like she was sleeping. Their grandma was like, oh, she's been sleeping an awful long time. Just check on her. And then she finds the pillows. She clearly wasn't like kidnapped or anything like she left but why and where so they were like who was the last person to see isha vanch your good buddy sid was over here earlier Mm. maybe he saw something so they're calling sid he's not picking up but he does text back and he's like i'm with isha we're we just got home everyone is crying they are in hysterics and so they're like isha you're home oh my gosh what happened where where were you why were you gone she's like chill like i was just like i was walking that's it you know she tries to play it off but like clearly something more happened when i read this i was like well that's not true because she was like i fainted on my walk 
And Sid found me and like got me help. Like everyone's like, oh, our hero. And then he's giving They're her this. They're praising look. Sid. They're like, yeah. you've come into our home. You've taken these amazing photos. You're a great guy. And you found and saved Isha. What a guy. Not, not like, so fast. He's like, I'm no hero. <laughs> no, but he's like giving Isha this look like, why are you lying to them? Yeah. And so she's like, actually, none of that happened. I have not fainted. I have not passed out. I have not had any visions the last few months because of Sid. Like he makes me feel and he like completes her sentence normal Mm. and so she's basically like we're together side note so we found out their date was they took a walk across the golden gate bridge which i predicted i was like it must be the golden gate bridge but it's also like i'm remembering that where she's like i really want to like i want us to go somewhere outside the anchorage and he's like i know just the place and it's like men will literally say i know a place and it's the golden gate bridge (laughs) like you don't know any other places (laughs) i mean for someone who's never gone outside her home and hasn't seen these big landmarks yes it is a big deal. I think it is very symbolic of like possibilities. So it's like this big long walk where she's kind of free. And I would have loved to have read that scene and, and been like in their conversation and understand like what they're talking about and what Isha's feeling. So if there's a novella that goes into that and shows that scene, I would be into it. I'd be very into it if someone wanted to write some fan fiction. <laughs> just like being a fly on a wall during this whole thing, it would be most appreciated. Yes. Sid goes from hero to zero in two (laughs) seconds flat because they were immediately like, you put her in danger, you put her life at risk. But they're not like, they're not hearing her because she's like, I'm basically cured of everything that's been keeping me here. Yeah. I can go outside. And now it becomes this thing, especially with grandma, Aji, Mina, and HRH, where, like, they really are trying to control their kids. Yeah. Because to me, they have nothing left to be mad about. she It's a miracle. She is healed. She is normal mm-hmm. now. She is fine. She can start going to see, sightsee around San Francisco. She can visit with people. She may not even have to live in their home. And that terrifies them. Sid is a threat. Sid is targeted. Vonch sees all of this happen in slow motion. They're treating Isha a lot like how they're treating him when it comes to this relationship with Nina. Yeah. You're just a baby. You're like a child. You can't do this. And he sticks up for Isha and he's like, why are you guys trying to control her? Why are you trying to keep outsiders out? We want to date. We want to have friends. We want to have this life outside of this family. And you guys just don't allow that. Sid is Isha's friend, her person. Like it should be her choice if he comes here or not. And like, you guys are so controlling and then, obviously, we're making this about Vonch yes. and Nina, because Nisha steps in and is like, your relationship with Nina is inappropriate. And then he, like, really goes to town saying, like, I literally love her. Can you say that much for Yush? Like, did you have this opinion about their relationship? Like, I love her. I have really serious feelings for her. Believe it or not, HRH, who's usually the one that's very difficult to sway, immediately like he sees Vonch as like a young man with his own mind and his own life to live and Mina's like he's my baby how can you let him like (laughs) pick someone else and he's like you know this reminds me of another story of a a young man whose mother didn't think any woman was good enough for him and that woman stood up for herself and for the relationship and they had a great life together Obviously referring to that, like, Aji's like, I can confirm, like, <laughs> no one was good enough for for, oh, no. for Shree. Like, Vonch pulls it off. He, like, gets everyone from being, holding up these picket signs, being, like, down with Nina and Vonch to being, like, all right, champ, how do we go get her? 
<laughs> you know? They've kind of put a pause on the Isha kind of surprise date. And they're like, they've shifted focus to Avanch. And they're like, okay, Isha, we don't know about that. We're going to press pause on that. And we know we can attack Avanch right now. And it is. It is a lot of them just trying to control their kids. And Isha has not even been a thought in their minds for so long. Because it's like, well, we can control her. She just... We'll be in her room. She'll always stay there. We know where she is. And the one second that she does something completely unexpected and goes outside, they're like, everything is out of control. This whole house is falling apart. It's like just very dramatic for them. And I think this is kind of tying it back into with Vonch and Nisha, because Nisha is also very upset about it because I think she's like, wait, I can't control my baby brother anymore too. He's making his own decisions. Because for so long, yes, maybe he's always looked up to them and like sought their guidance and like always happy to like be there for him and be like, yes, you just gallivant around the world and do whatever you want to do. But when he makes like his own decision and his own choice without consulting the family, they're like, how dare you even do this? So it is a big moment for him to like stand up for what he believes in and what he wants. And they're like, actually, yeah, maybe you should be your own person. (laughs) That's great. He should write a book about that. Like this is his new calling is like telling kids how to like convince their parents that they're adults who deserve to make their own decisions (laughs) and live their own lives. If you really think about like every Rajay hero or heroine, everyone's been like pretty sneaky sneaky about their romance with everyone else because it's very like everyone who's not a Rajay is an outsider. Or you get with this pre-approved match, someone that we know their family, they know our family. Yeah. And so therefore, you two will be a good match because we have all collectively decided that you are good together. I've been watching Indian matchmaking and that's so much of the process when it's more of like that process because it's like these two families coming together, making the decision. And yes, it is still ultimately up to the bride and the groom, but it's still like a family decision. Yeah. Within this, they're like, wait, this isn't a family approved match. Like what's going on? So it is throwing them for a loop, but... This is where Vonch is like, not everything needs to be a family decision. My life isn't a family decision. HRH does have this moment where he was like, ever since like he was diagnosed with his learning disability, I really thought that like it was over for him, that like mm. he would have a terrible life. And then he's like, he has needed the least amount of help of every one of my kids. Like he admits when he's wrong, he's a good person, yeah. he wants to help people. He's getting like choked up, like <laughs> the idea that he's like, like he says to her, he's like, he found his person, like let him go after her. Yeah, It's like a reversal of situations where he's like standing up to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, like, yeah, yeah, he should be with her. <laughs> so chapter 31 is our final full chapter of the book and we cut to Nina. This is a Nina chapter. She is gross. You know what? And she deserves to be because she just suffered not only a horrendous sort of breakup situation. Everyone is yelling at her. Everyone who's ever known her has been like, you're trash for dating Vonch. So she's gross. It's not good. And she's like missing Vonch when her mom just sort of bursts in. I felt a little teary-eyed in this conversation because like the only time in this whole book when we have seen her mom happy was in that flashback to when she was like the assistant basketball coach and like the girls were obsessed with her and she had this thing that she loved. She basically bursts in and in her very mom way is like, hi, so you look bad, you smell bad. (laughs) You know, she has a really heartfelt and honest conversation about how like your father never apologized to me 
And I worry that he's like that because I let him be whatever he wanted to be. Mm. And I thought that if I did that, he would just wake up one day and be like, oh, I love you for giving me so much space and freedom. And she's like, I should have been like all my other friends and I should have stood up to him when he was being terrible to me and to you. You would always apologize to me over things that weren't your fault. You were taking Mm. care of me years before you should have been taking care of me. You've always been a fighter. You fight for your job. You fight for causes that you believe in and for other people. And you can't stop fighting just because the cause that you're fighting for is what you want. And that's Mm. what you're doing. She's right. And then (laughs) she's like, Vonch is a really good boy. He's nothing (laughs) like your dad. He admits when he's wrong. He's kind. He apologizes all the time. He's apologized to me. And then Nina's kind of like, wait, is he near? Is he nearby? Her like Vaunch senses are tingling. And so she kind of opens the door to her apartment and like Vaunch is standing right outside. It's not described this way, but I imagine he's holding like a glass to the door to his ear to like (laughs) hear everything. everything. Yeah, to like hear everything they're saying. She's very touched because, you know, she told him like, don't call me, don't follow me, don't come over. So he sent her mom and obviously he would have to like apologize profusely to her in order to get her to forgive him. Right. I think it must have been like a really heartfelt conversation because it's not just like, yeah, your daughter needs you. But I think maybe they had, I would imagine that they had a moment where like she was able to share like, this is what it's been like for me. This is what it's been like for us. And maybe I haven't set the best example. And that's why she's coming in. She's like, wait, I've seen all the patterns that I've set up. And now it's manifested in you in this way that isn't healthy and oh no are you a product of all my mistakes and it feels like yes it is for her to acknowledge like what she's done wrong and and maybe in all the ways like she made Nina grow up faster than she needed to it's really nice it's really heartfelt it's really great and it's now like okay she kind of like I release you now you can be your own person which is really at least now she has that freedom to be like okay I can be my own person and I don't need to just wait around for approval or always be worried about saying the wrong thing or still being respectful but not in such a like walking eggshells way yeah where she's just like anything i could say could just make my mom burst into tears and run away and then she just feels guilty like this guilt driven relationship isn't working for either of them so it's like now how do you repair that and that's gonna take time I'm, it's not just one conversation. It's going to be multiple conversations over years, but it's at least the start of this. And so, you know, Vonch is now like standing outside the door. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina has not had any time to like put on that lipstick that she mentioned. <laughs> and he's like, hi, um, I still love you so much, but like, you don't have to say it back to me. And Nina's like, literally shut up. I do love you, obviously. And then he's just like, can I have the rest of my life to like navigate what it is like or investigate what it is that you want from me? Is, is that this a p- p- proposal? Like basically, <laughs> is that basically what this is? And then she's like, yes. And they're like, the game is on. And then there's an epilogue, which also kind of weirdly made me emotional because I was so happy for literally everyone. Yeah. So it's a year later. We're in Shreveport. Isha and Sid have been living here, and it seems like they live here now. Like, she's like, at first it was weird being back, but now it's, like, so easy. It's, like, breathing. Nina and Vonch have been living in Nepal, which is, like, not too far away. It's much closer than San Francisco. 
And basically, we're getting ready for Isha's wedding day. Oh. Um, literally, like, she chose to wear her mother's red wedding sari. Mina and Aji have given Nina their yellow wedding sari. It's like an act of love, I think, to yeah. be like, you deserve our wedding sari. And, like, she's like, stop it, am I your daughter? You know? Ashna from Recipe, Recipe for Persuasion is pregnant with twins and her beloved husband and presumed father is <laughs> my, my yes. kids are he's the father. He's the father, yes. <laughs> and father is like weepy with joy. Mm-hmm. Like you literally can't say the word twins in his presence without him bursting into tears, <laughs> which like made me want to burst into tears. We also learn that Nina's mom has moved out of her husband's mm-hmm. home and she is living in uh, Nina's apartment in San Francisco since she's living in Nepal, but they make as many trips back to San Francisco as they can. It felt kind of emotional finishing this book. Yeah, it feels like a really great wrap up to see like, yes, a lot of our favorite characters coming together at this beautiful wedding. You see where Ashna is in her life. You see where Nina and Vansh are. So as you kind of like, yes, our our focus in the story is still Nina and Vonch and they're happily ever after. But I like that we get two other... We know that Ashna and Rico lived happily ever after, but it's nice to see like the extension of their story. And we're seeing now the happily ever after of Isha and Sid. So it's like all these like love stories coming together. No, we don't get a reconciliation between like Nisha and Nina, but I think we're past that. We don't need it. It's implied. <laughs> it's implied, I think, at this point, you know, if she hasn't moved on, like, okay, that's her problem at this point. Yep. Everyone else has moved on and they're all accepting of Nina. So, and they're like still doing amazing work. I love that they're living in Nepal and it feels like everyone really has made strides to move forward and, and be their own person but also with this other person in tandem with them. So, and I love that Nina's mom is like also finding her own journey and her own new start. So it's a lot of like new beginnings that we're ending on. I know. I like, and I think it's very poetic that we're ending the series at Shripoor, which is like, it's referenced like so much in all the books. And it's kind of like where the Rajay family really started. That's their home. And it's like, now this book series literally has to be like a movie series or like a show or something because I'm like we need this scene like we need Isha's wedding day in Shripoor we I literally need it yes so what a great ending to not only this book but the whole Rajay series of Jane Austen adaptations I can't believe it's like I'm like like I have this thought like where I'm like I know it's over I'm like it's not over though (laughs) like it's not actually over like we still have to see what happened with Isha. Like, Nisha has, like, been married since the beginning of this book series, so we never saw her love story. Right. I kind of want to see it. I kind Like, how they're doing, like, a Queen Charlotte prequel to Bridgerton. I want to see how all the parents got together. Like, there's actually too oh. much to do with this, you know? I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. There is. I mean, it's a whole world. There's a lot of different stories, and maybe that's something, hopefully, that Sonali can explore in the future. Mm-hmm. We would be very open to it. And we are open, just so everyone it. knows. We so. have ideas. <laughs> yes. So, this was such a beautiful book. I'm so sad it's over. Yeah. As far as what's next for us, we're going to take a couple weeks break, but then we'll be back to finally cover the much-anticipated 
Sanditon season two. It's been out for some time, but we're just getting around to it. It's gonna be very exciting. Just building off of, yes, some great characters from season one, but a whole bunch of new characters are coming into season two. So mm -hmm. very excited to dive into that and meet them. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the things at The Pemberley, or you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm.